John, Lord. We just recognise him as a man of God. And we just thank you for yeah, the work he's done, Lord, for this morning and the time he's spent seeking yourself, Lord God. And we just pray this morning as, as your word this forth that it will find good soil, responsive hearts this morning, Lord. Yeah, that you may take us forward in that walk of faith. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks. Thanks, Ronnie. Good morning, everyone. Well, it was good this morning, wasn't it? So far. It's great to uh, be in God's presence. And uh, I love it when this stuff happens and you don't even press anything. It's great, isn't it? I wasn't ready for that yet, but I'm okay. I'm just, um, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in Little Eva. We've left sunny Scotland behind us. And uh, as I was thinking about this morning, the first thing that went through my head was uh, bacon sandwiches. And I was thinking this morning, who, who, a bit of a question to you. Do you prefer tomato sauce, red sauce or brown sauce with your bacon? Red or brown? Red? Brown? Let's, hands if you like red. Red? I want to do a survey. A brown? Nothing at all? What a weird lot. <laughs> Dorothy says she likes them both. Mixed together with a bit of pineapple on top. It's lovely. Yeah. Great stuff. Just shows we're all different, doesn't it? All got different tastes, different likes, different favourites. It's just the way it is. Weird people. So, um, today, <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with what I'm going to share. I'm sure it'll come in later. Um, we're going to continue this series that was started last week about growth. I think it was David who shared last week. Was that right? Yeah, hopefully it was good. And uh, I've been look, asked to look at the whole area of growing from assurance to purpose, which is what's up there. And I'm sure, as David shared last week, this whole issue of growth and the Christian life was uh, fully presented by him. And, and disgust. And, you know, the two things, growth and the Christian life, are inextricably linked. They, they're just together. They go together, uh, like the song says, uh, you can't have one without the other. You know, horse and carriage, love and marriage. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're too young, perhaps. But they go together, don't they? They're inextricably linked. You can't have growth uh, you can't have Christian life without growth. The two go together. However, just because they go together, it doesn't mean that one always leads to the other. You know, the saddest thing in the world is to see a person who's been born again, saved from death to life, given a new life in Christ, but remaining a new baby in the faith and not growing and not fully maturing, becoming disciples of Jesus. That's really sad. And so often you can find people that just never seem to take a step forward. They still want, as the Bible talks about, that milk rather than that solid food that uh, God has for them. And uh, most of you are aware that uh, we've just been on holiday, uh, some of us, the family, and... Uh, just spent a week's holiday with Joel and Kez and, and Mia 
and Jonathan. And of course, baby Moses is there. He's that polar bear looking thing strapped round Kezzy's neck. Uh, just reminded me how, how quickly time goes by and how important it is that we grow and mature and become all that we're meant to be. You know, Moses is changing daily. He, he tried swimming for the first time, aided by me and his dad, of course. Uh, he ate some, I'm going to say, more solid food because it still looked like mushy peas, what he was having, rather than just milk. And Joel and Kez, they're doing great as parents. They're, they're growing and maturing. Joel says when they first had Moses uh, and he'd start to cry, his first reaction was to panic and give him to Kez, who knew less about bringing babies up perhaps than he did. You know, just passed him over to Kez, who then passed him back to, to Joel. And uh, it's great to see as they're growing and maturing in parents, as parents, they're now taking these everyday challenges in the stride, which is great news for me and Michelle as they were in the next room and Moses was crying for several times during the night and they had to get up and do the parenting thing. We just had to cover our heads and pretend we hadn't heard anything. You see, that they're growing up as parents. They're maturing as parents. As they get more knowledge and experience, they're becoming competent and, and, and great parents and it, it's wonderful to see. They've not stayed in that state of new parent panic. They're growing, which is wonderful. And that's what the Christian life is about, growing and developing, just as they are. And so this morning I'm going to address the two areas that you saw up there, assurance and purpose, and growing from one to the other. And, and first I'm going to spend some time looking at this whole area of assurance and uh, our salvation. You know, assurance of our salvation, it's a foundation. It's the foundation. We can never grow or mature if we're, we sort of forget what this assurance of salvation is all about. It's like we're, we're stuck at the start. Uh, it's like, do not pass go, do not collect £200. Assurance of our salvation is the foundation on which we can start to live a life of purpose. So if we've not got this assurance about who we are, about our faith, about what we believe, about our salvation, we can never go forward. We can never mature. We can never grow. It's like we're stuck, as I say, not passing go, not collecting our £200. So how can we have assurance this morning? How can we have assurance of our salvation? It says this in 1 John 5, there you can read it. It says, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. John wrote them to those disciples, to those early believers. He wrote that so that they would know that they have eternal life. There was no question, no doubt in his mind. He wrote to them to give them that assurance. And who is it this morning who has the Son? It's those who've believed in him, in Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have life. Not temporary life, but eternal life this morning. 
Not something that's going to pass away when you get to your three score and ten or whenever. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. And God wants us this morning to have that assurance of our salvation. Salvation, being saved from death to life. Not having to spend an eternity without God. Not having to spend an eternity in hell. But being able to spend an eternity saved with our Lord Jesus. You know, we shouldn't live our Christian lives wondering or worrying each day whether or not we're saved, whether we're Christians. And that's why the Bible makes it so clear, the plan of salvation. It says this, it says, Believe in Jesus Christ. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as clear as that. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans uh, 10, verse 9. So this morning my question is, have you repented of your sins? Have you repented, turned away from the things that you did wrong, you do wrong in your life? Do you believe that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins and rose again from the dead? Do you trust Jesus alone for your salvation this morning? If your answer to these questions is yes and amen, you are saved. You are saved. And assurance means freedom from doubt. Doubt is gone. Doubt is washed away. Doubt is wiped away when you have that assurance. By taking God's word to heart, there can be no doubt of the reality of your eternal salvation. You know, Jesus himself assures us with these words. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given me them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. Eternal life is just that. It's eternal. There is no one, not even yourself, who can take Christ's God-given gift of salvation away from you this morning. No one. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But you might sit there this morning, you might say, well, that's fine, John, but I don't feel saved. I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Unfortunately, we live in a feeling-orientated society. And of course, we all have feelings and emotions, but feelings are unreliable and your emotions are not to be trusted. That's what I've found anyway. You know, over this past uh, week, we've walked up miles and miles of, uh, up and down miles and miles of uh, beaches. And I've noticed how the tide comes in and, and goes out. And uh, the waves bring in all kinds of seaweed, rubbish, etc. And they deposit it on the beach. And then they go back out, don't they? And they, they wash away and erode the ground that we stand on, sending it all out to sea. It's just the same for those who let their lives be ruled by emotions and feelings. You know, the simplest circumstance, a headache, a cloudy day, 
A word thoughtlessly said by a supposed friend that can erode and wash our confidence and uh, send us back out to sea as though it were in a fit of despair. You know, doubt and discouragement, particularly about the Christian life, are the inevitable results of us trying to interpret our feelings as though they were truth. They're not truth. You can't rely on them. You know, relying on the feelings is is precisely the mistake that many Christians make. Not just new Christians, but many Christians make in life. They become so introspective and they become preoccupied with themselves, constantly analysing their own feelings. And they end up continually questioning, questioning their relationship with God. Do I really love God? Does he really love me? Am I good enough? What we need to do is stop thinking about ourselves and focus our feelings and focus our feelings and instead redirect our focus to God and the truth we know about him from his word because that's black and white. It's to be trusted. You know, if you can't grasp the truth of his word about salvation this morning and about his relationship with you, you'll never grow and you'll never mature. And that's what God has called us to do, isn't it? To mature and to grow up. In Ephesians 4, we say, so, it says, So Christ himself, it says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Paul is urging the Ephesians there, and I'm urging you this morning to grow up, to become the mature body of Christ. It says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's a call, isn't there? There's a call to grow up. There's a call to grow, a call to mature in our faith. And for some of us this morning, it's time to grow up. It's time to believe what the Word of God says about you. And it's time to start growing from assurance of our salvation to a life of purpose for God. Sometimes people ask that question, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what my purpose is. And maybe that's a question that's gone through your mind. How can I know my purpose? How do I discover my purpose in life? 
You know, the answers can be found in the Word of God. Where else would we go to look for such important answers about life? It says in uh, Colossians, it says this, everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. That's Jesus. And then Ephesians, it says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. So where do we begin this morning to find our purpose? Where do we begin? In Christ. That's the only place you can go to find your purpose in life. Nowhere else. You know, your career's advice at school won't give you your purpose in life. They might give you a job if you're lucky. Your choices that you have when you're discussing with your family and your friends about that next step, should I or shouldn't I, they might give you sound, good advice. But you don't necessarily find your purpose. Your purpose comes in Christ. That is the only place this morning you will find your purpose. A Christ-centred, a Christ-focused life is the key to finding our purpose in life and what God has called us to be and do. You know, in Ephesians it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I always find that verse amazing. God has got good works for me to do. He's already got them planned in advance, which is pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. If you're looking for your purpose in life this morning, centre your life in Christ and you will find it. It's as simple as that. That's where you will find your purpose. But how might that be worked out in our lives? How, how, How might that become a reality in our everyday life? I know many of us here have read the book by Rick Warren, A Purpose Driven Life. And if you haven't read that, I I encourage you to read it, to work through that. It really does explain in that book how we might find our purpose in life. And he he gives five key areas. And I'm going to just share those and just share a few thoughts of my own about each one of those. You know, we centre our life in Christ and this is some of the outworking of how that looks. The first one, of course, is is worship. You know, centre your life around God. We've been singing some great songs this morning that help us focus our mind, turn our mind to God. But in Matthew it says this, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You know, we're created for worship and to love God with everything that we have. This is the start of a God-centred and a God-focused life. Worship's not just that sung bit that we've just done this morning before we get to the, the message or anything else on a Sunday. But we're called to a life of worshipping God in all that we do, wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, we're called to worship God by who we are, what we do, and sometimes even what we sing. Worship is everything. Center your life on God. And the second one is fellowship. Connect with other believers. 
says in Acts, those who believed were baptised and added to the church. And they joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They worshipped together regularly at the temple and met in small groups in homes. You know, one of our key values here at King's is being devoted to Christ, his church, and one another. And I encourage you this morning to connect, to connect regularly with each other in worship on a Sunday, small groups like our growth groups, and as often as you can, one-to-one or in small groups, however you can do it. Connect with other believers. Connect. And discipleship. Cultivate your spiritual maturity. It says in Hebrews, let us go on and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. You can't stay where you're at. Christian life means growth. It means that you will go on. That you will become, hopefully, strong Christians. You know, ultimately, this is your responsibility. You know, sure, you might have great teaching, direction, guidance from your brothers and sisters. Maybe you're being discipled by one of them or some of them. But it's your responsibility to do something with what's given to you. You know, babies are fed for a while and then they grow up and begin to feed themselves. As Christians, there comes a time when we need to start to feed ourselves and then making others disciples too. We do something with what we've we've taken in, yeah? We disciple others. So cultivate your spiritual maturity. Mature, grow, grow, mature. And the fourth one is service. Make a contribution with your life. Make a contribution with your life. You know, God has given each of us some special abilities, it says in 1 Peter. Be sure to use them to help each other. Be sure to use those abilities that God has given you to help each other. You know, thank God that none of us are the same this morning. When I asked about the bacon buses, it was just my way of getting there. None of us are the same. And thank God that he's equipped each of us differently and with different gifts for the benefit, it tells us in the Corinthians, of each other. They're not for ourselves. You know, God's not made Ronnie a teacher just for the benefit of himself. He's made Ronnie a teacher so as he may teach for the benefit of others, that you may grow into full maturity. And there are many examples that we can, we can give of that. You know, some might say, well, John, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know how to serve in this big scheme of God that he's got in hand for us. Well, guess what? I I think the answer to that question is really easy. Serve wherever you can. Just serve wherever you can. And guess what? You might find that you like doing some of it, and you might find that you're really good at some of it because God's enabled you, and you might find that that is where God is calling you. That's where God is placing you. That is what God's got in mind for you. Serve wherever you can. As a church here at King's, you know, we've got a great vision. 
It's up there. It says to impact our communities and beyond. The opportunities are endless this morning. They go, in fact, to the ends of the earth. Get stuck in. And you'll begin to find your purpose as you grow in ability and experience. I'm I'm just going to share more of that just in in a moment. But my final one is mission. Mission. Communicate God's love to others. That's what mission's ultimately all about. Communicating God's love to others. Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Mission is what I believe we've been created for, along with those other things. Take every opportunity to share your faith, sensitively and with love. You know, Mission Week and many other opportunities exist for us here at King's to engage with other believers in sharing our faith, as well as the everyday experiences that we may have in our daily lives. We come across all kinds of opportunities, don't we? But we have a vast number here at King's where you can connect in and you can work with others to share your faith in love. John, a couple of weeks ago, shared a great message. I encourage you to have a listen if you missed it, about being generous. And he gave a brilliant example of no matter how small our gifting or ability is, and was it an apple seed or a, it was an apple seed that you had? He held up an apple seed to just show how small it might be. We need to give generously of it. When you get involved, you will begin to find purpose. It's as simple as that. Today it might be just helping clear the chairs away after the meeting. It might be offering to serve the drinks. It might be cleaning up this messy church after the service. But you know what other gifts God's imparted to you might become evident as you start to serve. So serve, serve and serve. And you know, until you serve, you might never find out what those gifts are and you might sit there saying, but what is God's purpose for my life? Serve, serve. I just uh, throw up a couple of things that I put together some time ago. These are some of the activities that take part here most weeks. There's all kinds of stuff up there. Stuff that we can get involved with. You know, not just as a as a taker, not just as a a consumer, but somebody who gets involved to give and serve. Two, three weeks ago, we we met here as uh, youth ministers, um, kids workers, some of the leaders, some of the trustees, and we were were taught a bit more about child safeguarding and uh, adult safeguarding as it happened. But there were 30-odd people in this room who were serving in that capacity. And I think that's pretty awesome. Not everybody was able to make it that day. So maybe there's 30 to 40 people who were serving in that capacity within our church. And as you look up that list there, there's many other areas where you too can get involved with. Come and talk to one of the leaders afterwards and say, how do I get involved? None of those teams are closed. They're all waiting for volunteers and people who just want to get involved. And as you serve, you may find your purpose. And then there's, uh, these are just some of the teams. Those were the activities, so these are some of the teams. And there's loads of places that you can get stuck in. KSN is my abbreviation for Knit, Stitch and Natter. 
It seems a long thing to put up there, but that's what KSN is there. But there's loads of places where you can get stuck in and join with one of those teams. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to mature, we're called to grow, and we, we step out then into our purpose. You'll find your purpose as you serve. So, it all begins with assurance. Being sure, not having any doubts at all about our salvation and who we are in Christ. And it grows to a life of purpose. You know, if you're stuck today wondering about your salvation, whether you're saved, whether you're a Christian, decide to make today, mark today, the day you believed and stop doubting. You may have prayed, prayed that prayer of faith many times, or never at all this morning. Today, take the opportunity to put a marker down to put a stake in the ground and decide to believe what God's Word says about you when you take those steps of faith, believing, confessing, repenting. And if you're wondering this morning about what life is all about, what's your purpose? Then begin to live a life of purpose. Worship and love your God. Regularly spend time in fellowship with other believers. Grow as a disciple of Jesus. Serve wherever you can with whatever you have in your hands. And go and tell others about God's love for them. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray.